Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Early Work, the podcast in which I, Reese James, invite people from the entertainment industry to come on and read out all their early work, things they wrote creatively when they were a teenager, whether that's poetry or stories or screenplays or lyrics or anything, as long as it's not a diary because that was meant to be private at the time. They've got to have thought it was art. This week's guest is John Kearns, the absolutely excellent comedian, history-making comedian. Uh, he won Best Newcomer at the Edinburgh Fringe and then a the year later he won the main award. And since then, strength to strength. I say that as he looks directly into my eyes. <laughs> um, it's an excellent episode. John had a lot to provide. He had, uh, I mean, just so much. And he also had titles of other things that he didn't bother to write. It was absolutely excellent. So I very much hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Welcome to the podcast, John Kearns. Probably best known to the listeners from... The showcase gig that we both did together for our mutual voiceover agent. that where people would have heard you the most at that where, gig? Where was that? I was in someone's office. Yeah, they, Remember oh, that? the one in the office. The one in the office, yeah, yeah. They were boozed. They, <laughs> sorry, I thought you were, they were booze. They were boozed. They were boo- no, they were cheers and claps, oh. but they were boozed <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> they were... That oh, was a, it was uh, a proper, like, you know... Revved up experience, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, you expect those kind of gigs at Christmas time mm. but you don't expect them from your own agency no <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird thing because it was yeah we've got the, so we share a voiceover agent yeah. and they were like we're going to do a little showcase it was like four of us yeah. doing 20 minutes or whatever yeah. each uh, and then it was just in this kitchenette yeah. this sort of like green roomy area yeah. so everyone stood up pretty much yeah it was, it was wild all, it was like our agents and then kind of just their mates I don't know. It was like an industry gig. Yeah. It was like they were an industry that had booked the gig not knowing that it might be a bad idea. <laughs> but, but it was their industry. It was fun. It was, it was fun. But to but what they, end? 
Well, I haven't worked since, have you? <laughs> nope, this is the first time my voice has been heard since then. <laughs> they silenced us. Um, John, are you uh, nervous about the prospect of sharing some of your early work or do you feel excited to do it? Um, well, I went home to find the early work, to go right. in the vaults, okay. open the library doors. And I don't know if you have this in common with me or if, I don't know, if any past guest has, but if I, I don't know, drew the number three on a piece of A4 paper and that's it when I was maybe eight years old, mm. still in the house. Right. Everything is there. Are you telling me that your early work is the number three? Oh, no, my... we got a bit, a few no, more minutes to, to fill, John. You don't need to worry about that. Okay. So it was... But you've just got nothing was ever thrown away. It was extraordinary. So yesterday, I'm going through it, and I, I know what I'm looking for. But I am, it's, I am going through my entire life. <laughs> oh, wow. And, wow. And, and my dad's just retired, right? And all the stuff is up like, in the attic and all this. He's gone through it all. And he has put every like single piece of paper into like a clear, um, you know, whatever they're called, like plastic jacket. folder. Yeah, plastic yeah. folder. I prefer a jacket actually. Jacket's pretty good. Because <laughs> I didn't know what it was before I said jacket. Maybe I did. That's what I do. Yeah, what's that word, jacket? But he, um, he, um, so in my head, I was like, I felt a bit. I felt he'd seen everything because you know I. Oh, you felt when exposed. You're, kid, you're right. When I say everything has been kept. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like, everything. <laughs> so I went... It, it was quite harrowing yesterday. I spent about two hours going through my life. So this this spans from quite a young age up until, what, the age when you moved out? Everything. Everything is in there. Stuff Including... since you've moved out is in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going... No, no, no. You're not writing something on paper, going back home and putting no. it in your attic. No, no, no. Going down in no, another no. jacket. No, right, yeah, good point. <laughs> everything, everything since I've moved out. <laughs> You've got... But like, I'm talking separately. about, like, you know, so stuff that I had on my wall, say, blue tacked on, even at uni, I may be brought back, and it's just folded up, and it's all that, like... You know um, Francis Bacon? Just a bit. The artist. You oh, know they, no. they... Yes. Ah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, they they is is um, studio is in Dublin. They took it from wherever it was in London. I don't know, piece by piece, and rebuilt it in Dublin, so you can go visit it. Right. It's like that. I reckon you know I could make my room over the years when I was five, when I was ten, fifteen. I could completely do it up, and everything would still be. Um, so oh right, same. so that. Every bit of decoration that was on your wall. What sort of stuff are we talking? Were you one of these train tickets on the wall guy? Gig tickets? Uh, At an old in your teenage years? So, late 90s, it's uh, Man United. Right. Beckham. Gigs. Uh, you know, it's that. Ryan gigs, not, as I said, gig tickets. That's no, Beckham gig and Ryan I kept gigs. Gig tickets. I did keep gig tickets. But again, this is the thing. Yesterday, I'm going through these envelopes. There's a ticket in there for Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Keep Straight that. Also, Keep that, mate. 750. Don't want to forget Tropic Thunder. 750? Mm. That was a different time. Well, yeah, but. You wouldn't get the popcorn for that these days. Yeah, but, but, but and, you know, 
and there was oh god what else have old receipts and yeah bloody hell it was um and then what happened was I'm, I'm packing it all away because I caused a bit of a mess so I'm like oh, I've got to put it all back and it was about I don't know like three four boxes it's not that much really mm. and I'm looking at it going that's my life <laughs> yeah. that's my life that's all of my work yeah since birth until <laughs> when I moved out in until three <laughs> or four boxes yeah oh it was um... how many boxes of stuff do you think you've got in your house now from the so stuff since then do you keep anything is anything on paper or are you I write everything on paper all my comedy is on paper really I've never typed a word of it no well, well I've seen it mate I can... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't surprise <laughs> not, not a great deal of words to type I suppose but <laughs> yeah I don't no I, I, I write is this why there's, you leave such long pauses in the act because you can't be bothered to, <laughs> to write you, things you out you know the theory about um I mean, it might be bollocks, but uh, they say the writing style over the years dictated... So the way you wrote dictated your style. So they say Dickens, you know, he wrote these paragraph-long sentences, and that would have come maybe from the time he took... The time it takes, literally, to get quill from ink to blah, blah, blah. Right. That, that, that length of time, it's just quite a methodic way of typing. Sorry, writing. Whereas Hemingway, his staccato style was influenced maybe by his um, the typewriter. Right, right, right. Know, so maybe. what? So you think Dickens, Hemingway, Kearns? <laughs> I'm writing by hand. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving these pauses. My hands <laughs> aching. I'm going to leave these gaps. I'm doing little doodles uh, in the corner of these teeth no, and this wig. The amount of doodles, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> What's your uh, go-to doodle? Mine is a, uh, a great question. Perfect cardboard Fantastic box. Question. <laughs> Always doodle a cardboard box with the lid open every single time, and then I shade in the inside so that you know oh, it's three D. That is a fantastic question. And that's what this podcast is all about. What is your Mine go-to doodle? Is, uh, my go-to doodle: bold bloke wearing glasses. Really? Yeah. Well, I wanted to be a cartoonist. Until the age of maybe ten or something. What changed? Why, why did you decide not to you, be? Uh, what changed? So I wanted to be a cartoonist, and I was really thought I'd love to work for Ardman. Right. Making an anime like animation, and then I remember at school a friend of mine was really into it, but he actually did it and was great at it, and he used he actually made. Uh, Stop, uh, oh god, what's it called? Stop, stop motion, stop motion, yeah, stuff. And he, he was really good at it. And I remember, I remember thinking, I'm not that good, I can't do that, right? At 10, so I met him when I was 12, maybe. And he was just, he knew what he was doing, and he was just better at it. And I remember thinking, I'm out. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. You're, that that matches with who I see you as today, which is a, such a such a self aware, uh, thoughtful man mm. who's thank you very considered, always considers everything, really considers everything, mm. and I, it's good to hear that that was happening at twelve. I mean, I actually do have to guess what you were like at school. It's the first format point of the show, so I, I, I don't know if I've actually. I don't know if I wrote that. I clearly think that about you, but I th- what I wrote is um, 
<clears throat> you were one of a group of five boys <laughs> who weren't the jocks, but you weren't ridiculed. I can imagine you playing football at lunchtime with everyone. Um, I reckon you had a big backpack. Mm-hmm. I reckon you had rosy cheeks. <laughs> and I reckon you had those school shoes that were square at the front. Uh, I've also put, you probably had a great relationship with one teacher in particular who you still think about. Am I correct? Phenomenal stuff, this. <laughs> any accuracy right. in any of that? Huge, ac- huge accuracy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so the, the accuracies are... Well, I went to an all-boys school. Right. But I absolutely was... Uh, yeah, I wasn't... I was... I, I wasn't, like, picked on or anything like that. What was the phrase you used? One of a group of five boys who weren't jocks but weren't ridiculed. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Five boys? Yeah, yeah, well, core, core group? Core group. Definitely a core group. Core group, five lads? Yeah, about five lads, I'd say. But we, um, yeah, there probably yeah, it was about five lads, but but we, um, got, yeah, I think you know I remember in sixth form. So this is a bit probably a bit later than what, what you're thinking of me as. But um, I remember the, the rugby group. Well, so yeah, to pick up on that, uh, there was no football at my school. Oh really? Rugby school? It was rugby and cricket. Good yeah. God. Um, it's no world. I know, but the the rugby team won a, a trophy, and they wanted to parade it through the common room. <laughs> they asked me to bring it through. Right, this is the oh right, hmm. big moment. I right place, uh, <laughs> right place, <laughs> right time. I don't know, but I had to walk it through. Were you? Like, were they like, taking? Were they taking the mm, piss? Yeah. I'm thinking about Make that. John do no, it. No, 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 no. Make John walk it through. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> nah, nah, they didn't. No, no. They were out of respect. I was a laugh. I, was, I, was, I did drama. It sounds like when a girl you fancy asks you to help her move house. <laughs> and you go, I mean, oh, well, this is mutual. This is a mutual thing. Have you thing. actually ever done that? No, but I, people don't ask me to do anything, really. See, I have, I have done that. Right, shortly after you paraded a rugby trophy through the common room for the no, rugby lads. I was an adult man when I did that. <laughs> God, dear me. Paid for the taxi as well. Oh, mate. This is insane. Oh, let's stick to the rugby thing because this is getting too bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it about this, bleaker. John. That does get, it does get bleaker. <laughs> Went to Fulham Man U at, at Craven Cottage. Yeah. It was a power cut. Uh, Don't tell me they asked you to fix it. <laughs> Hold the light. <laughs> 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 oh, and then, and then, oh god! Back, I went. Oh, t- I, I went. I went back. Oh dear! I can't, I can't <laughs> you paraded. You paraded this trophy. Yeah, I paraded the trophy. <laughs> Common. <laughs> I mean, horrible. Yeah, rosy cheeks, of course. Um, um, good relationship with one teacher. I think I had good relationship with teachers. Yes, uh, one teacher. There's not. There's not. A, I'm wrong about that. There's not a standout one that you still maybe even in touch with, or um, speak to. Uh, I, I always had speak a, about. Uh, well, I, well uh, I did speak. Well, my English teachers were very formative, I think, and I had I was very lucky in that respect, I think. And one of them, like you know, turned up to an Edinburgh show, mm. and you're like, God, I haven't seen you for ages, and you go for a drink with them, and that's really nice. Yeah, I had a great history teacher who was very funny. Who, when I was working at the Houses of Parliament where I worked, he rocked up just randomly, and I gave him a tour and. We then 
it, it gets quite sad. Anyway, he was in a hospice. He wasn't well. Uh, but we wrote letters to each other for a bit, just like right. checking in. Yeah. And then he sadly passed away, and went. I went to his. Uh, uh, you know, I went to his. It wasn't a funeral; it was a service of some kind. But um, memorial service. That's it. At the was school. it at the school? Yeah. Yeah. I went to one of them. Is for a drama teacher. Yeah. And then you know you get. Like, I remember I got an email when. Um, I did uh, quite well with a comedy show. I got an email from a teacher saying, "Congratulations, seen your picture in the paper." And then he said, um, "Your the beard, your beard becomes you." <laughs> so I have a beard, and obviously I didn't have one at school. He said, "Your beard becomes you." I was like, so I looked that up. I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Yeah. But I quite liked it, what it means. It kind of just means, like, you know, suits you. <laughs> well, he could have just said that. Yeah. <laughs> so he literally just... So he got in touch. He saw you in the paper for comedy. <laughs> and the thing he thought he had to get in touch about was beard suits you. Well, he did. But I guess if you're teaching kids that you see a picture of them, they've got a big old beard, I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's the most shocking thing. Not, oh, he's a comedian. He's doing very well. Yeah. It's... Fuck, he's got a beard. He's got he was seven when I last saw him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you can imagine a seven-year-old doing comedy. You can't imagine a seven-year-old with a beard, frankly. Yeah, fair enough. But very, I, I, I feel very lucky with the teachers I had. With, did they nurture a creativity? Were you, other yes. than other than your um, cartoonism, were you creative at school? Were you writing much when you were a teenager? Um, I wrote... Well, I, you know, I threw myself into uh, any task given, like English uh, essays or plays that you had to write. Or I loved all that. Yeah. And I did drama at school. And... Did you then start doing extracurricular, like writing outside of school, creatively? Yeah, well, you know, looking through the old notes, looking through notebooks, and I really... And it, oh, it's so sweet. So I found a letter from, like, 2002 headed on Channel 4 paper. Okay. And, I, and I'm vaguely remembering this, and I find it yesterday, and I'm like, what is this now? So, oh, what was his name? I think his name was Ben... I don't know, I can't remember. But anyway, so... I wrote a letter to Channel 4 saying I want to get in a TV. I want to write for TV. What do I do? And he's... Uh, this guy sent me a massive letter back telling me what to do. And it's like... Uh, it's amazing. I'm just this kid who wrote him a nice letter. And then also what's kept in it, which I hadn't seen till yesterday actually, was an email that my dad then sent him saying thanks so much. <laughs> Wow! Stuff. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. I, 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 I hadn't seen that before. What's your relationship like with Channel Four now? Well, they don't send me letters anymore. <laughs> no. That's the last one I got. Cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was very lucky. My school where I went, uh, it was a state school, but uh, quite a good state school. Top quality state school. Yeah, like. Yeah, we we share Catholic, that. Um, they interviewed you to get in, which is illegal. 
<laughs> but they did it under the guise of uh, which is illegal. Well, they did, they did it under. Well, I don't know. It's well, the way they did it, yeah. <laughs> well, they did it under the guise of it was to test your Catholicism. Right. But a lot of people said it was to just you know find out if you were thick. Yeah. I used to be an auto server, so I got in. <laughs> right, because it didn't matter that you were thick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, my point being, an amazing theatre, like extraordinary. Oh, really? Like, like a know, proper, like a, a proper the actual theatre pit, three hundred oh. seats. Wow! Yeah, amazing. Like so you were doing stuff. You were doing plays yeah, in there. Yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah. What sort of parts were you doing? Big parts. Um, well, not uh, now and then, yeah. So, like, educating Rita, you know that film? It's a good film. No, Michael Caine's in it, right? But they, they, they it's a two-hander written by uh, the guy who did Blood Brothers. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. But he, um, he, uh, stuff like that was good. But I went, I went to school with um, Blair's kids, <laughs> and I did a play. <laughs> I did a play called uh, Our Country's Good. And Tony Blair's daughter was in it. And he came... Sherry Blair came to the dress rehearsal. Tony Blair came. This is 2003. Mm. May 2003. Yeah, wow. Or 2004. So, you know, he's busy. <laughs> he comes to the show. He sits back row. But ten people in black suits sit in the front in front of him. They couldn't put the house lights down. Because, you know, this is a... This is a mad time. Politicians have bad luck in theatres, yeah. Mm, mm, Heard of it. Ape. Heard of it. Ape. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, well, then we met him afterwards. And he asked me if I was in it. The cheek of this guy. He asked you why? If you were... Yeah. The thing he, went... you, he just watched? He ain't watching it. He's glazing up. I mean, he's got, like, you know The Simpsons when Homer is doing jury service? Yeah. He puts on the glasses. <laughs> I reckon Blair was like that. Yeah. He, got the, he <laughs> popped on the glasses. Oh, were you in that? <laughs> God, but you to, think he'd be? Um, you think he would? I played have a bit more decorum, right? And I had to hang his daughter. I so see. we had a whole scene together. So he didn't even, he didn't even watch his own daughter well, getting fake hanged, or by you, or I'm a good actor. I'm going to say, John, if he had seen that scene, you wouldn't have got your job at the Houses of Parliament. You turn up for the interview that one. He goes, sorry, I think you once hanged my daughter? No, I didn't hang her. I measured her. <laughs> Even worse, almost. <laughs> no, and I felt sorry for her. I'm quite sweet. It's a lovely part. Right. But like, I often think back to that play and think, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that you think, oh, I should do that, and then you never do. But it's quite like Hamlet, isn't it? That, uh, that a person in power watching a play. And I've, I've never gone back to the play mm. and gone through it thinking... Is there a bit that Blair at that time, 2004, was there any lines that would have struck him, maybe? Yeah. Because he ain't going to the theatre much, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. He worked at Starlight Express every night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me to hear you do this as a routine. No, I'm on stage. No, 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 no. Blair's kids are in. Nah, nah. There's too much to explain on stage with this. But it's just got that, those short sentences that you do, just where you just you make us fill in the blanks when you're on stage because you've written it. I did it, used to say um, you've written it longhand. Uh, I did used to say, um, and I, I didn't write this. I think I read it somewhere. But I did used. To, someone said they played football with Blair when he was going around doing the rounds like of an election, 
and you know like politicians would play football yeah and I just remember reading it and thought it was so funny they went yeah I played football with Blair I nutmegged him he was wearing jeans <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so good getting nutmegged That's wearing great. jeans nutmeg <laughs> and denimmed up Tony Blair you're just too stiff to <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how Blair would react to getting nutmegged. He'd take it well. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a huge uh, Blair uh, hater. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say that like I've got any opinions. But did you ever perform anything at school that you'd written, or was it always? Uh... Yeah. Uh... We did sketches and stuff. Well, so there was a teacher. You look again. You look back at this and you think. Oh. So there was a teacher called Mr. Archo Morris, who. He went to the Edinburgh Festival like, back in the day. I don't know, and he was a juggler. <laughs> and he was very bright. This guy. <laughs> and, what a um, caveat that is. No, he was for he a was juggler. Bright, like, he was too bright. Like he had meltdowns, in the class. He couldn't handle it. Because he was bright and he was people people were idiots, but he did a comedy. Uh, he did a comedy thing after school, and there was about six of us there. Like, oh, know. I've got a group of five down. That's close. Well, it might have been five. There was hardly <laughs> any of us really. But he'd show us. Uh, he'd show us all this old comedy and tell us why we should why it was important and stuff. And he'd encourage us to write sketches. And we, the idea was to put on a. I did. I don't even remember if we put something on, but I remember for drama, I wrote. I started writing sketches when I was sixteen. Um, getting into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was the same. But I, I had written, um, from I don't know. Well, when I started going to school, I'd write little film. I, I, I was obsessed with writing. I kept. I kept finding these things where I... I don't know if you're the same, but... I, it's always the start of projects that are exciting. Mm. I'd make I'd make posters for the thing I was going to create. I'd make coming soon things that never came. Yeah. You know, I'd write... Like, the things I've brought in, I've got a whole page, you know, by the same author of just titles of things. That, oh, really? That That's great. That I haven't... Yeah, yeah, but you just were so inspired by the prospect of this career that you map out this person's life without ever bothering to do any of the work. Yeah, no work is done. No, because you're just imagining all the the end of it all. Yeah, but you know Hilary Mantel, you know Hilary Mantel, you know Wolf Hall, you know the third one's coming out next year, March. Right. So in Leicester Square around the corner, uh, earlier this year, they just put a massive Tudor rose up on the billboard. And it was like, everyone went, oh, it's coming. The third Right, right, right. I'd do that, but not write the book. you just get the billboard. <laughs> I'd, go, I'd, put the, I'd put the billboard. I'd go, right, let's get his character up there. Right, what, is there a film coming? No, no idea. Nah, I can't be bothered well, with that, I'll mate. i about it in a week. But... I'm in the billboard business. I don't yeah. write films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, get into royalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the business I want to get into, royalties. <laughs> royalties for nothing. Right, but you know you've got to do something to get royalties. No, no, no. Just get me with royalties. Yeah. So, John is currently holding a notebook, a normal notebook, that says uh, The Cabinet's War, Top Secret, John Kern's Production. Top Secret. 
and next to it, he's uh, holding a hold it up again. He's holding a stapled together piece of A4 paper, series of pieces of A4 paper, and it says, um, "I heard it on the train yesteryear, a timid affair, volume two. Uh, and then, then below it, spoiler alert: it says Terence dies at the end, and it's all a dream. And this is in like a cowboy saloon font. Yes. And it says, written by John Kearns, inspired and taken from numerous collaborations with Mark Alvite. What does it say at the top? From the author of Hundreds and Thousands and Tom's Bad Fingers and the number one collaboration, Le Donkey C'est Très Anoyeur. <laughs> but know. those don't exist. I'm, huh? I'm assuming those things don't... You didn't. You never wrote them. No. No. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they are. You just came up with some titles. Yeah, I got old page, yeah? Whole page of title. Give us reel off, reel off some titles from the same author. Back page from the same by the same author. Don't dilly dally, a father's guide to rowing. <laughs> Hundred and one things to do with ginger ale. Was Shakespeare bald? <laughs> There's a whole book in that, is there? Rats in the Age of Elizabeth. <laughs> Friends for Life, a biography of Elvis's plumber. Extract. I remember going around at Graceland, and although it would be my last visit, and Elvis wasn't there, boy, have I got some stories to tell. (laughs) 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 Typo errors in books, volume 16. (laughs) Admiral Nelson's watery underpants. (laughs) How old are you when you're writing this? I'm... So I I remember writing this. I so I'm 16, I think, 17. And so what is this? So you got a page. So I'll you tell got you what a, this is. Yeah, this is a book. Right. So inspired and taken from numerous collaborations with Mark Alvite. Mark Alvite, a very funny man who I went to school with, who I haven't seen since you know A level results day. I don't know. But um, during study periods, where you know you got no classes. Mm. I didn't go to a school where you could just go home or that. You had to sit in silence and work. Uh, we'd write just, you know, shite to each other and try and get each other to laugh. Mm. And um, there was a girl who I quite liked who, because uh, there were girls in the sixth form, you see, she would read these sometimes and love it. And she'd say something. She'd be like, God, oh, you should write a book or something. Or you should, like, you know, you should. Anyway, the reason why this exists is because I was like, I'll do that then. Yeah. And give her a copy. Has she seen this? So finished? I gave her a copy of this. And you never saw her since? No, no, I remember, I remember this vividly. So she, you know, she couldn't believe it. She was like, amazing. And then it was in the theatre, and then um, I'd left a jacket in there or something, I don't remember. So I went back, I was like, oh, God, anyway. I'm in the theatre on my own looking for this jacket, <laughs> and it's just crumpled up on the floor. Oh. And I just I just oh, sat... I was stressed. I sat in this empty theatre, holding it, and I was like, oh, dear. And bear in mind, this is a grand, beautiful theatre, Be- very oh, yeah, spacious, yeah, yeah. echoey. Beautiful theatre. And you all sat there oh. alone, spotlit, presumably. <laughs> looking at this crumpled up piece of paper and just ten years later you're moving house for her and paying for the taxi. No, 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 no. Completely different. (laughs) But, you know, so that's why this exists. I wrote it purely because a girl told me to. So go on then. Let's let's hear a bit of it. Well, so, you know, I've read it back 
Oh, there's quotes, by the way. It's in paperback. This thing was reviewed in Ardbo. <laughs> Praise for I heard it on the train yesteryear. <laughs> now, I think... <laughs> I mean, I've gone mad here. <laughs> so, you know, people like Oscar Wilde and Groucho Marx have reviewed it. <laughs> You've got a good PR team, then. <laughs> I mean, they're all nick lines. Stuff like, you know... I've got a free copy of this book and I still feel cheated. I don't know who said that, but that's not me. Right. I know what is me is I've got a quote from Jonathan Ross there. Wandom. That's classic. That's a classic. That I, 16 I year I've old. Done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar Wilde. I hate his vulgar realism. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Praise. Bollocks. Oscar Wilde. Will Cuppy. Is that a famous person? I heard it on the train. It's simply unreadable, and for me, that always sort of spoils a book. <laughs> That's, I mean, that Is that you? Me. I don't know. That, that feels like it could be me. That's funny. Michael lovely. O'Donoghue and Tony Hendra. It's whirly, it's wacky. It's slick, it's savvy. It's the madcap daffy, fractured, ding-a-ling, ring-a-ding, loony-zany, side-splitting, rib-tickling, slap-happy, scuzzy, dreary, irksome, tedious, banal, pointless, smutty world <laughs> of John Kearns and Friends. So I've taken that from something and just put my name in there. Right. Whoever those two are. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this has been reviewed. And, uh, you know, so I read it back and it's it's funny. You can tell what I'm learning. You know, I, I mentioned uti- utilitarianism. Right. Now, obviously, just by me pronouncing it there, I can't tell you what that you is. You don't know what that is, but yeah, But back yeah. then, I could probably give you an essay on that thing. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Madness. And you can tell I'm learning a bit about Irish history and a few names crop up where I'm like, right, I think you've got that from, uh, you know, I don't know, some book. But the gist of it is there's a party at a zoo. So what, do you want me to read a bit? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the tension that's been built. We've heard the praise. I've already heard the reviews. It's. I need to just explain. Like, there's no. The idea that I gave this to a girl. Oh, Jesus, wept. I'm going to be bearing that in mind throughout. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm thinking. You know, it's it's obviously horrible to read back, and you think to yourself, "Goodness me!" But yeah, you know, I think about what I'm doing now, and I'm like. Well, you've just got better at doing it. So you think this is a this is the same? Well, I'm same trying to be worse. funny, and that's what I I try to do now for a job. Mm. I'm not saying I'm funny. Sorry, am I meant to fill that and say you are? You are. Well, no, you edit this thing, then. You are. There you go. <laughs> oh no! Pop that in there. No, Slide no, that no, in no, there no, in the edit. No, 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 oh, no. you're funny. We'll do that while no, no, when you've I'll left, so I can, can believe I it. Go on. You you should know you're funny. If you're a comedian. Yeah. You're an absolute idiot if you don't think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, but you, you were staring so directly no, but so into many people are, my being when you said that. Yeah, but so many people were like... It's like it seemed bad to say that. Mm. Why is it bad? John, it's become clear to me that you're really delaying reading an extract of this. And you, <laughs> you, do no, have, like, you do have you do have to read oh, it. You, look, cut, we you went home. Okay, come here, all we this go, here we go, here we go, here we go. What's this? I don't know. Who's Pearl? Pearl the cat. Right. Pearl the cat opened his mail <laughs> and a whiff of Pong met his lips. The party was tonight. Because the author of this story wants to party. 
Bouncers were on the door and the first invitees were arriving. However, there was trouble at the polar bear's only entrance. A giraffe that bears the hallmarks of a zebra was wearing dark sunglasses, which always helps. However, the bouncer was not fooled. I'm the bouncer and I'm not fooled. I know you're a donkey. <laughs> With that, the giraffe sniggered and trotted off. You won't be seeing him again. And you don't. It's stuff like that. The but, snake mooed in the distance before realising it was a snake and sending a letter of apology to the animals of Balafri Zoo. It's set in a place called Balafri. They accepted it and asked him to appear on a new quiz show. This was for animals who had made a sound that juxtaposed with their image. This idea was, snoo was soon snapped up by the humans who created the quiz show Lucky Nobody Heard, in which all the contestants were students who had embarrassingly called their teacher either mum or dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, some humans are at the party, including Mark, who three years ago made headlines when he threw a snail as far as he could from his house after finding it on his doorstep. An emotional reunion was staged with the snail greeting him at the door with the words, what was that all about? <laughs> and it goes on. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's who's, who, who was influencing you to write like this at the time? But there's, line, there's lines like, like this. This is where I'm look. I'm, you know, I'm, I like looking at this. I'm thinking, oh, what's going on here? Sylvia. Now, I don't know who Sylvia is. I don't know. Who she <laughs> She's talking about her house, right? And I'm like, Sylvia stared out of her window as she lived on top of a hill. The river flowed sometimes, although the sky was never blue. Sylvia knew it was. Its people were harmless. And good people. You know, I mean... Beautiful. Isn't that a nice line? Although the sky was never blue, Sylvia knew it was. Mm. What the fuck does that mean? Eh? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? It means that... What do you think it's... you meant by it at 16? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very deep sentiment. But what is, what is the 16-year-old John Kearns trying also, to get across right, with that? Ah, now, this is good. I, I actually found this quite interesting. I was just reading this. So we're in her house here. Yeah? I'm talking about her house, yeah? She says, life may be sad, but it is always beautiful. And with this, a tear falls from her cheek. Then in brackets, I put close-up. <laughs> and then I go... In a book. And when it was all in the can, she stopped and took notes from the director whilst being applied with makeup. Oh, so I'm it's like, a twist. I'm going mad here. So that, no, it's a twist. Isn't that the reveal? It's a big twist that this is all this fake. Is a, that pompous romantic drivel won her an Oscar for Best Actress and the scriptwriter was shot on demand. <laughs> it was the last day of filming and as she left her house, brackets, which was also a major film studio, she noticed a heavy frost had descended on Balafree. It took her 45 minutes to get to her car. However, this wasn't because of the frost. Her driveway was three miles long. This yeah. is at the end of Truman Show. And this is I've the got, big reveal. And then I've got a big old end, which we can do over music. Ah, oh, I love it. I like when you say that. So, you know, um, there's... Um... The whiff of Pong is a highlight for me. <laughs> the whiff of Pong on the cat's lips. I don't know. Bollocks, how, so but... how much of this did you write before you abandoned it? Does this one have an end? No, this is it. Like, you know, th that, that is it. I'm holding the works. The end will be, will be revealed over music. Right. What's this other book? What's the war book? Well, now this... 4th of March, 2002. So how old am I? 14? What an age. The Cabinet's War. The Cabinet's War. Pretty precocious of a 14-year-old. <laughs> Pardon? 
pretty uh, uh, precocious. Look, look at it. War drama. Screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> war drama. Screenplay. John Kearns. Joint director. John Kearns. And then there's a gap for someone. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Don't know who I'm going to work with. Just poor little 14-year-old John. Just <laughs> desperately trying to reach out. Who did you oh, have? It's 9-11, this thing. <laughs> Who did you? The world's different. Who were you handing this to to have them no, no, saying, do you want to be a director and have them crumple that up in the theatre? What does it say? Top secret. No one's reading oh, Of course. Okay, so this is completely private. So, no, right, so I remember writing this. I was absolutely blown away by a visit to the Cabinet War Rooms in Whitehall. Mm. Have you ever been? Yes. So, at that age, I'm 14... I've always liked history, so I'm kind of you know. Uh, if you if it, so if you haven't been it, it it it's how it's how it was. It's like it is stepping back in time, and um, I was just so influenced by it. I got completely whipped up in it that I wrote the first scene of a uh, what I thought was going to be a huge film called The Cabinet's War, <laughs> and I'm looking back at it and I'm actually thinking that's not bad. Because what I'm aiming at, I think, from the first scene, is that it is the tensions within the cabinet war room. The cabinet's war. Mm. So not the war. Yeah. The cabinet. The cabinet's yeah? war. Internal conflict. And I've done my research. Look. that's These are all real names. This is this yeah. was the war Winston cabinet. Winston Churchill's in, the um, first one. That's not 19... a great deal of research. Well, you're, you're but you also... you get further down and you yeah, get some... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Some smaller names. Who are we talking? Uh, well, Clement Attlee, Anthony Eden, Ernest Bevan, Lord Beaverbrook. You know, I don't know these people. And this right is, you've got this in here as what, a character list? <laughs> yeah, but you know when you're a kid, you just get so excited by prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about the prep. It's buying the notebook. It's putting the labels. It's, it's going. I'm directing the thing. Look, I've got my dress in case I lose it. <laughs> you know, this is important stuff. And, you know, I've, I, so, like I said, to prepare for this, I read it back, and I've learned things from it. I'm genuinely amazed. Come on, let's give, it, give us a little swing on this one. Well, uh, well how about I, I'll read you the first, uh, the establishing shot. It's pretty good, but there are a couple of sentences... Which really made me laugh. So, that, you know, imagine, you know, you're listening to this, shut your eyes, just picture this, right? We're overlooking a London which is well established, clean, and not badly damaged. It is early evening and we speed up the time of day. The London we have just seen suddenly blacks out. Everybody's putting up sheets in the window. The London lights go from bright to pitch black. That explosions take place in the sky and on the streets, illuminating London. <laughs> <laughs> we hear sirens, crumbling of buildings, plane engines, and fire. As day dawns, it is a very different London. So uh, I'm laughing at this because I <laughs> imagine watching that. You <laughs> like <laughs> it's like it's dark. How? And it's bright, then it's dark yeah. again, then the sun comes up, yeah. then it's dark. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> is, is I can see why you the... I can see why you want a co-director. <laughs> Someone to just just reel you in a little bit, John, because <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna shoot that. Oh. Bombed dirt in the sky. 
this 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 line made me laugh. People just looking. <laughs> People just looking. Just like they do. Oh, the camera zooms in on London and goes through crowds of people. We pass fire engines, air raid shelters, policemen. This made me laugh. <laughs> Cuddling family. <laughs> Cuddling families. <laughs> the dead. Be the dead. Oh, Christ. The homeless. The old and young. <laughs> the, the old and young. Every fucking The person. old and oh, young. Fuck. Full stop. Hang on. I got, hang on. I got to read this properly. There. We pass fire engines, air raid showers, policemen, cuddling families. <laughs> the so dead. just to clarify, it's policemen, comma, cuddling families, not policemen, cuddling families. <laughs> They're separate things. <laughs> They're separate things, right? <laughs> <laughs> we pause and we say it again. You like what I do here? We pass fire engines, <laughs> air raid shelters, policemen, cuddling <laughs> the dead, the homeless, the old and young. Full stop. The fortunate. Um, I've got to judge you now on three categories those categories are originality pure teen horniness and uh, the Mickey Mouse Club slash Ryan Gosling Ryan Goose score which is how close is it to your work now how much potential does it show for who you have become originality wise so there are two different things here I can do this for both (laughs) but I'll give you an overall score originality wise um, mate I've got to go four out of five. They're out of five, each one. Oh, I've got to go for a four. I think so. Actually, you know what? I've got to go for a five. So it's a four for the war one, because you've... We, we know this story. Huh. <laughs> yeah, cool. But it is original, the way, the perspective you put in it. But the other one, it's five out of five easily. Fuck me, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, you've lifted some of the praise quotes, but... So I, but I'm not docking you a point for that, because all that donkey madness... Well, I mean, there's pages of You've invented stuff. your own titles. There's pages of it. You've got all that. Yeah, this those is what, things. This of... is what love does to you, though. This is what love does. Well, to you. We, we come on to pure teen horniness. Oh, God. <laughs> five out of five, baby. No. Well, <laughs> do you know what? It really is. For that one, not for the war one, but I've got to give no, you a five because watching, imagining you in that big theatre with the crumpled up script. God, honestly. It, oh, mate, it's not. Oh, it doesn't dear. bear thinking about. So you're dear, you're on ten dear. at the moment, mm. out of a possible ten. That's another five points up for grabs, and that is for the Mickey Mouse Club score. Does it represent who you became? Ah, I got to go four. I'm giving you a four. I think that deserves four. I think it's a four. I've got you got fourteen out of fifteen. That's the highest ever score, I believe. Well, That's a pretty I mean, impressive score. I mean, it was all original. It was a pretty horny, and it showed real potential for who you became. I think it was the whimsical, just like the twists of language you had in the first one. It really I, I, represents I, it. And like, the depth in the second one. It's a, a tired smile. I could see you describing something like that on stage. Like I said to you, going through those boxes, you, you, you are faced with yourself. Mm. It makes sense, certain things that you do now. I'm 32. And I'm reading something I wrote when I was 14 going, well, would that 14-year-old, if you said to him, 
oh, this is what you're doing, and <laughs> my mouth is shut right now. <laughs> Point of agree to do this. Well, me. you might disagree in a sec because I'm about to read you a poem I wrote when I was uh, 17. It's called Repent. <laughs> Fantastic. <clears throat> do you know what? 17 is an interesting age, isn't it? Because 18, you kind of even even though you know nothing at 18, you don't know anything when you're 25. I mean, you don't know anything ever really. But I suppose, but but 18, you kind of you you won't admit to something like this. 17, yeah. you still feel comfortable saying what you just said. If you'll hear this, if I told you I was 14, you'd score it completely differently. You got that's quite oh, good. Okay. But 17, it, it changes it. He walked so fast, he walked so hard, the pavement begged he stop. He climbed so true and climbed up to a peak, he sat atop. From on his peak, he watched the street, he asked a fellow, Ho! And from this street, the fellow weeped that he were down so low. The peak man laughed and then thought fast, "'Tis pity that you be so low, oh no, just use your hands and climb up here with me." He heeded the shout that he needed, and he reached the peak top too. The two men glanced and saw a chance, then both yelped out, "'A you!' The you looked up, bemused and struck, with shock of these men's height. "'Come join us, it may not look great, but really, it's all right.' Next thing you know, they all yell, ho, and all the street turn round. They all find time to stop and climb and leave an empty ground. The street then streaks tears down its cheeks. The peak men all yell, how? The street can't help but wince and yelp, there's no one on me now. The first man stands, clenches his hands, you beg me not to walk. The second seconds, the notion beckons, the street begins to talk. You walk so hard, you walk so fast, it hurt my concrete face. But without you there, it's hard to bear, you cannot be replaced. And with that whimper, the peak got limper and lowered the men down. The street repented, its fear cemented in desolation town so from then on the peak had gone the men all walked in fleet then he'd be no high for the men all try to walk harder on the street 17 years old (laughs) (laughs) see the instincts are there the content isn't there <laughs> but the instinct is there you, 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 this you, feels like your a review of my there. act your, now your, your ear is there your, oh. the, the rhythm the, the... see I see this is why I like the, this this podcast the idea of this podcast because I don't read that maybe I'm saying the opposite of what I should be saying there but I don't read I don't hear that and laugh at you I just think yeah great <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's a, it's certainly weird. It's compared to everything else. I've got no on idea this. what you said. I mean, I, I've no idea. It's all, it's all about a street being sad yeah. that people aren't walking on it. I don't know oh, what right. I meant by that. Right, right, right. But I, I genuinely I don't know what it represents or what it means. Well, where did you grow up? Seventeen years old. What kind of? Where are you? Well, I was in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire, right? So, was there a road that no one went down? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's probably. I'll tell you what I was at 17. Fucking lonely. That's probably what that is. I'm I'm the street and I was walking on me. Yeah, yeah, but I'm writing poetry about it, about where I'm a street. What, uh, is that from the... Is uh, is that from the perspective of the street? Uh, It changes. This is where it's all over the place. At the start, it's the perspective of a man and then at the end, it's a street and the street talks Mm -hmm. and says, I said I did... It basically goes, I didn't want you... I'm I'm assuming it's a he, this street. Mm -hmm. He goes, I didn't want you... you're walking too hard on me on my concrete face I don't want you there oh, yeah. so then everyone then gets up and climbs up to a peak which is obviously yeah. a tree I don't know why it says peak throughout mm-hmm. it's so confusing it rhymes or something but yeah yeah. and then uh, <laughs> that's really how I approached all of this stuff at 17 <laughs> that rhymes I'm on rhymezone.com and then it gets lonely because no one's walking on him because everyone goes oh we'll get up there that looks good so then everyone mm-hmm. comes and then they will walk extra hard because he missed them 
But I love it. I love it. Like, now, you're, my you're, dad you're, you're... did leave the day before I wrote this book. <laughs> 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 and I told him to fuck off, and that's why he'd gone. So maybe it's... Oh. Anyway, what are you going to score that? Same categories. Originality out of five? I like the idea. I love the idea of a street that is a walk top. I love that. I think that's really nice. <laughs> so I'm going to give it... Uh, I think that's a four. I'm giving that. Wow, one. four for that. I think. I think. Fuck I think. Me. I. I think. I. I. That. 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 Um. That appeals to me. That. Pure teen horniness. I'm saying walk on my face. If that helps. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh. So if someone went, seventeen-year-old boys read this. <laughs> I'd be like, he needs, he just needs the. I don't know. I'll go with a three. Yeah. I don't think. I think. I think. I don't, I don't know what, what's going. It's on. not a direct audience. It's not direct. I suppose. No, no. Mickey Mouse Club. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Goose. How much potential does it show for uh, the work no, I do now? No, no, no. Well, you can say no. You can say that. Everyone says that. Everyone who's come on and said when I've done it has gone. That's. If you were doing that on stage right now, I wouldn't be surprised. That's your act. I have to say five. It, it's it's it's. I mean, look at you now. Fine, you win. 14, 12. Two high scores. So you are the winner, but we are both losers, as ever, which mm. is the whole point of this. Um, would you like to play us out with your final extract? I believe we're back onto the... Uh, so I'd like to read the zoo, you the... The zoo um, story. Well, I'd like to read you the last paragraph of I Heard It On The Train Yesteryear, A Timid Affair, Volume 2. Like Chinese algebra and Shakespeare, it just hasn't made one ounce of sense. Our story has been like the great novel Ulysses, as it bears a front cover. Like the tale of Hamlet, as we too have pages. And mystically holds parallels to Lord of the Rings, as we have heard and seen of many characters. Some may question the sanity of the minds who created this map of laughs. And you may question it indeed, as the answer is still trapped between Brussels and Switzerland. As for the characters, well, they all died in a freak yachting accident, being chased by the Kinder Egg Police for throwing away the toy and using the case as cereal bowls for ants. However, they all died peacefully, happy, and above all, pleased that they met you. So how to end? Well, in one last irony, I suppose, pure logic. I present you with the simplest goodbye of all, one which, unlike this story, lacks originality, yet is bold and true, universal and simply put. I present you with what can only be described as the end. What? A beautiful ending. What a way to play us out. I feel like this should be the last ever episode. It feels like the ending to the whole, my whole life. Well, I mean, you know, it's that's what I was doing when I was 16. But now you've read that back to me, do you feel proud of it? Well, I didn't read the racist stuff. Fair enough. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. There you go. That was the podcast with the excellent John Kearns. Make sure you go and check out his tour. You can get the dates on his Twitter at John's Fur Coat. Um, I'm on tour as ever. Come and see that if you want. Uh, dates at reesejames.co.uk. Um, remember, you can send us your early work if you want to earlyworkpodcast at gmail.com and I might read it out if I can be bothered or if I remember to check that email address, which so far I have not. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and give it a review whatever I don't know I feel like someone's holding a gun to my head as I say that um, and I will see I'll, I'll see you on the next one use that I'm not doing a second take
we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.